Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the third stop of the seven-week journey into eternity that we call the Family Road Trip Podcast. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and two amazingly wonderful, heroic couples, the Elmores and the Beaties. Welcome, all listeners. So awesome that you are with us. And you can hear us right now over the radio. Or also, if you want to see visual versions, we will share some video clips and such. But we'll talk you through it. It's not necessary that you go there. But if you want to watch by video or see past episodes or hear past episodes, we direct you to ilovemyfamily.us. ilovemyfamily.us, which, by the way, punctuates our deepest hearts. It punctuates what we're all about. Let me ask this question. What surpasses our nature as sons and daughters of the living God. Let that sink in beyond just maybe head knowledge. Let's pray for the grace to really deeply, truly understand every fabric of our being was fashioned of the Trinity to participate in the life of the Trinity. So join us in this awesome adventure, especially if you right now are hearing me or saying, no way. You know, I just can't bring my family together. My parents didn't teach me how to do this. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It should be organic. All those reasons. I challenge you anyways to commit, if you haven't begun this week, to setting aside 45 minutes to a sacred, meaningful, fun time of talking and praying using this Live It Gathering Guide. It's free based upon subsequent Sunday readings. You can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. And all I can say is all those who have done this and are doing this They're experiencing the living water. They're experiencing what Jesus spoke of with the woman at the well. Streams of living water, he said, would flow. And that's what we experience when we really attune to the heart of others, our spouse, our children, when we ask meaningful questions and such. So, so blessed to have you back with us, Beatties and Elmores. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing great. Awesome. You guys, man, you've stuck around three weeks now. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. Are we there yet? You've survived. Are we there yet? Not yet. Are we there yet? (laughs) (laughs) And we're not stopping. So, folks, we're going to get right into it. If you go to ilovemyfamily.us, you're going to see the gathering guide. And we're going to do some of the elements of this. It begins with family fun questions, 50 questions. And one fun way to do this is simply ask when you circle up your family to pick a number between 1 and 50 and have every every member answer that question. So we're going to do that right now. I'm going to ask... Rachel Beattie, see, I'm always inclined to say Schleter. She's my beautiful youngest sister, and she's married, but unfortunately, she has to put up with me. Sorry, <laughs> Phil. Man, you know my heart's with you. I love the name Beattie. Anyways, I'm over it. so thank you. <laughs> Rachel Beattie, pick a number. It's only been 16 years. Exactly. Right? <laughs> pick a I'm number. That one didn't sound like a convincing, uh-huh. That's not like I'm annoyed at you, uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways. You. Okay, where's, where am I? There we go. Rachel Beattie, pick a number from 1 to 50. This is the lightning round, by the way. We'll answer these questions in 15 seconds or less. And hey, folks, if you're hearing us right now on the radio or in the car, you know, you can ask these of those that you're with, too. All right, Rachel. Seven. If I could only eat one food for an entire week, it would be? I would say yogurt with fruit and granola on top. Aww. I'm not usually that crunchy, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> is that an Elmore approved food? Oh, it's it oh, <laughs> You can't do that. You got to keep them. All right. You got to keep it separate. That's good. All right. No shaming. <laughs> Phil. No shaming. I will shame the shamer. I would go with uh, some Mexican street tacos. Ooh. That's what I'm talking about. Tacoing about. You know, by the way, I qualify this for our family, and I will say, presuming every food is perfectly healthy for you, and you could pick any food, I don't know if that changes your options at all, but I will add that addendum (laughs) for those of you who are sticklers. If it was perfectly healthy and you could eat any food for a week, what would it be? Would you change your answers, Rachel or Phil? No, I think they're pretty confident. Look at that. No. No, all right, good. Good. On to the Elmores. Rachel. Um, calories don't count too, right? Correct. No. There's mm-hmm. no such thing. We're in heaven in this I question. I would eat French fries for breakfast, lunch, yes. dinner. Yes. Seven days a week. Yes. So, it. like McDonald's kind of, like the thick, crispy oh. kind? What kind? You know, McDonald's actually has gluten in their fries. See? See? We and that's know, good. We are French fry connoisseurs. We know where to get the right French fries. Okay. Five awesome. guys. Awesome. Five guys. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> 
On to yeah, Jeff. Yeah, just for mine, mine would be a potato, and that sounds crazy. You can make chips, you can make fries, you can make potatoes. Mm-hmm. I can live on a potato yes. for the rest of my life. Not even a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> See? You are versatile. Versatile. Ah. versatile. <laughs> That's good. Stephanie, you got to come okay. up with one also. I We're in the game, yes. Okay, um... So uh, now I'm like craving the fries and smashed potatoes and mashed potatoes and boiled potatoes. Um, so, but I don't want to be like a copycat. I don't know. You go first. <laughs> no, which, okay. I'm, I'm going to go with. I don't do well with the lightning round either. <laughs> I'm going to go with fondue, steak, oh. and chicken. I just love fondue. It's relational. So certainly there's the ambience around it also, but the taste with the right sauces. Mm. I could do it just about every night. And when we do have fondue and have leftovers, it's exactly what I do. Pretty much eat it all week. It's great. Okay, so the answer that then came to me was my dad was an awesome cook and very simple with simple ingredients. And all of his soups that he ever made were phenomenal. So I would pick anything, any kind of my dad's soup that he would make. That's awesome. So Beautiful. So, folks, we are... If you see on the screen with us at ilovemyfamily.us and directly would be forward slash road trip, no spaces, um, you would see on the screen right now the site where uh, it says Mass Impact, not another program, a way of life in Jesus Christ. And you would see the gathering guide. It's a one pager here that describes in one page the elements of it. And then below it, if you see me scrolling down, you see the family fun questions. And then we have what are called, of course, um, the daily questions. Last week, we answered the questions, what is a victory and a challenge? And those are kind of the go-to when you don't have a lot of time or you're in the car. Anytime is a great time to ask your family members, what's a challenge from the last week? What's a victory from the last week? But this time, are we're we going to ask... I'm going to interrupt you because yes. I do that. Are we letting Phil pick a number? Phil, you get to pick a number. 1 to 50. 24. 24. If I had, oh, this is an easy one. This is a quick one. No fear here. Yes. If I had to be either blind or deaf, I would choose. Go on. Do you know, Rachel? That's a tough one. Yeah, for sure, I'd be deaf. Mm. Me too. I think not being able to see would be too difficult to get around. Yeah. Elmore's. Deaf. Okay. Deaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steph? Me too. Me too. I'm going to. It's a tough one, right? I mean, (laughs) and think about the gifts that God gives us and maybe even just a sense of of empathy for those who do not have a sense of sight or sound, but it's so hard, right? Um, It would be very difficult. I'd probably say I would choose sight like you guys. I'd choose to be deaf because of the functionality that you're allowed with the visual world. But man, could you imagine not being able to hear the sounds of your children or your spouse or music or whatever? I might, I might want to change that like three weeks into it, you know? I wonder if I could switch back and forth, although that's not part of the question. So, folks, we're going through the Live It Gathering Guide. As we said before, it begins with these family fun questions. And now we're going to go back to that the Gathering Guide fun. on the screen. Yeah, it's a tough one, but it's good. You know, it's thoughtful. No, it's good. It makes you think it's of things. Family thoughtful questions. Exactly. Some are fun. So, if you're watching this with us again at ilovemyfamily.us forward slash road trip, you know, you'll see the one-page gathering guide, and it begins, as you see, with uh, live it fun questions. And then there are daily questions, which are fun and meaningful to do every single day. In our family, it's become so woven into our culture that if we don't ask these questions, often our children will raise them, and they'll be innovative and even ask their other questions about us that open the door to that relational currency, to be attuned to the heart of another, and to be curious about the life of another. So we've identified five here. I'll just name them for those of you listening over radio. Number one, something you're grateful for. Number two, a recent victory. Number three, a current challenge. Number four, an affirmation of someone. And number five, something meaningful happening. So we're going to ask, we asked our wonderful road trippers here last week, a victory and a challenge. We are going to ask this week, what is something that you are grateful for? Let's begin with the Elmore's. Ladies first, something you're grateful for. Um, well, actually, today we got invited um, to go to a confirmation mm-hmm. of, a, of a woman. She's in her early 20s. She decided not to get confirmed, being her choice in high school. And she decided to be confirmed. And it honestly was so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, I was looking at it through a mother's eyes because mm-hmm. her mom was there. And I go, 
how special that is to see that happening for her choice now. And she has two children and it, it was just, honestly, it was so, it just filled me up today. I'm just so grateful to witness that. That's awesome. awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. It, she looked at me happy through mass and goes, are you about to cry? And I'm like, <laughs> no, are you? <laughs> um, That's great. You know, one, of our, one of our biggest challenges, you know, has just been relationships through all of this. But we are taking some time to focus on the gratefulness of some of the relationships that we've formed and strengthened through this. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that friend was, uh, was one of those relationships that over the last few months we've gotten close to. Um, you guys, uh, the Shaders are a great example. Um, so we are just grateful for those people in our lives that we've been able to know. So, yeah, that's a big one for us. Awesome. Awesome. Beaties, down to Dublin, Ohio. Um, recently, my Cora, she said, um, Mom, when we all grow up and have babies, we're going to go back to your house for homeschooling so you can teach us how to cook for our babies <laughs> and how to discipline our Aww. babies and how to homeschool them. And I just thought that was because she's our she's our child who pretty much raises herself as it is. So I was surprised and That's great. I was grateful for that perspective that she had. A quick note on that, which is kind of neat. John Paul pronounced maybe four years ago that as a condition of the women they date, they need to go through mom boot camp <laughs> for oh. a week or more. I'm like, I'm all about it. Which Bring is awesome. On. So folks listening it. right now, how about a great criteria? You just form your children to say to love their mom so much that uh, when they consider their spouse, they go through mom boot camp. But uh, I think the ladies may need to go through dad boot camp, but they probably wouldn't be dating then. They'd have to go through a boot camp with me. Anyways, truth. Phil. Well, Rachel and I just celebrated a wedding anniversary. Yay. So I'm very thankful for her and, and our marriage, our family. That's awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Steph. I think I'm going to land on the gratitude of, um, it's kind of a package deal here. So grateful for those who have come before us and our families who really gave us the seeds of faith and carried that on through those generations, you know, parents, grandparents, etc. And picturing the gift that we've been given as parents to bestow it upon our children, right? Mm. However imperfectly it ends up being, but just that great gift, first of all, of the faith, but also the gift and privilege of being parents and introducing them to a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that sounds all pietistical, hopefully not so much. But why I'm thinking of that is um, our Joseph, who many of you know, is down at Damascus as a third year missionary or whatever the titles are. And he um, loves m music and worship, and he's been blessed with a real gift in that. And so they just came out um, much with his spearheading, and most of the songs on the album are his. But Damascus worship. And so just very cool. And in uh, National Catholic Register, I think it's the online version, they did a feature article on him. So just seeing him, but picturing, and this is where it's going to all tie together. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Um, picturing him as a little guy in, mm. in a diaper running around the house as Greg led worship, you know, for our family and just singing his little heart out. However, that came out. And so, and just obviously the continuation of that and the privilege of walking in relationship closer to the Lord through worship. So grateful for those who gave it to us beforehand and the privilege and gratitude of trying to um, bestow that on our kids. And just, you know, obviously mm -hmm. grateful that um, so many others are experiencing the gift that he's been given and not just musically, but as I've said since he was. A young, a young lad, um, just the heart of worship, the heart of really wanting to praise the Lord and to do that. Awesome. 
So I'm going to show right now a clip of two of his absolutely favorite fans (laughs) that drive the very heartbeat of his worship. Actually, go ahead. I was going to say in that article, they said there was like 110,000 Spotify views. Yes. 90,000 of them came from our (laughs) (laughs) family. So it kind of get to, if he's any in, if he's inclined to have any kind of ego inflation, That's it's great. good for him to know it. It comes from the Elmore House. Um, so, folks, right now I'm going to show you a fun little clip of two of his favorite fans. This is going to take me a moment to cue this up. So I will edit this. Let me see here. Where where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Did you load it? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where 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 where? All right. Um, <laughs> I think you should actually not edit that right. out. Hope is the song that you play inside of our hearts You spoke And space was erased You are close like the sky to the stars No, I am noted <laughs> I love it so much How do it bleed out for me? It comes back I'm holding the arms of the one who has come set me I hope that that wasn't facilitating a certain <laughs> sense of coming close because of driving and maintaining a camera, capturing your kids in the back seat, singing their little hearts out. Awesome. Those faces are so precious. So for our listeners who aren't seeing it, you have Isaac and Malachi in their adorableness, just kind of singing with Joseph, which is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So my gratitude, um, three weeks before the mayhem, And by mayhem, I mean certainly the COVID crisis, quarantining, backdrop, leading into the circumstances of George Floyd. Of course, our hearts um, go out to him and his family and all those who have suffered egregiously from racism. We can't even begin to understand. We don't pretend to understand any of that. And I think our hearts are also broken by perhaps the weaponizing of the seriousness of what that is all about, the reducing it um, and missing that the heart of this really ought to be one of unity in Christ. And so three weeks before all this mayhem even happened, um, I had this vision of people united in the heart of Christ, simply making themselves available in public places to pray for others through whatever fashion. I had this image of flags that said prayer place on them and people across races that really didn't matter to me, but across the race to be united in this in public places. And the first two guys I thought of, I just thought of because they're godly husbands, fathers, and men. Later on, unfortunately, it'd be reduced to black and white. I didn't even think about that, but I brought them together to share this vision again before any of the mayhem even happened. They're on board with it. They're excited. My son, John Paul, with a couple of his friends from Chick-fil-A who are excited about going to places in public, even dangerous places downtown Toledo, to pray for people, and which they've been doing periodically and have seen some amazing things happen, even some healing. So we gathered to pray about that vision, and it launched. You know, we created a, a logo, and we created flags, and we uh, spread this throughout wherever we could through Facebook. 16,000 people saw this. A 1,000 people interacted with the online presence. We had the first event this past weekend at a public park, Swan Creek. Many know it well as one of the metro parks in the Ohio area. And it was just amazing to have an awesome group, again, across races, across denominations, gathered for one purpose, to simply approach people respectfully, respecting their distance, and say, is there anything I can pray for you? I will say that the ratio is probably like 9 to one of those saying yes and being moved by the desire to be prayed for. You know, it was just truly powerful. And I was there were miracles, like some bonafide miracles that took place. A back was healed by praying over that. An ankle was healed. Um, many relations were um, restored as people shared with us some difficult things happening in their lives. The, the, the streams of living water was flowing and it was very, very powerful. So there's John and Jessica who spoke to this group. They're married and a beautiful couple. You know, some of my favorite people people in the world. His testimony we will have available for you to hear at oneheartonecity.us. You can see the the uh, um, the website right here on John's hurt shirt, oneheartonecity.us. Those of you who are just listening, John is like six foot six, six seven, black man, if I must say, Jessica White. Immaterial to them. They love Christ. They want to see the kingdom restored. John works at Sam's Club and he talks about these wonderful stories of engaging people again, across races, just to communicate the gospel to them and the difference that it's making. So John is a great witness to me of this simple idea that revival 
is wherever you are. It's not simply in a church or in these confined places. Wherever we are is an occasion to be the love of Christ, which is truly amazing. See what else we got here? There's the Hunter Brinkies, the t- little tweeners <laughs> whom we love. Right there, oh, so blessed to have them. And then, of course, we'll show you a picture since I'm on this. There's the beautiful Beattie family. And uh, there is the beautiful Elmore oh, family. So, anyways, so, folks, you are with us, Greg and Stephanie, and the Family Road Trip Podcast with the Beatties and the Elmores who have courageously said yes to more fully encountering God alive in their marriages and families by putting the flag in the sand once a week, making a commitment to talking and praying based upon this Live It Gathering Guide. We just went through some of this, the family fun questions. Phil and Rachel each picked a question, and we went through those. You can do that with your own family. And then we went through one of the daily questions, which is, what's something you're grateful for? I kind of wrapped it up here with sharing this awesome experience of oneheartonecity.us. Check it out, by the way. Because this could hopefully spread throughout the world, but a place where we and our communities simply go in places of public and love. Make ourselves present to others. Make ourselves, everybody can pray with and for somebody. So anyways, so now we're going to turn a little bit to more maybe of a serious question that uh, maybe taps something a little deeper. Again, sometimes the grace flows in proportion to our risk. Grace flows in proportion to our vulnerability. Christ shows us that on the cross. He was naked on the cross. He poured out himself. And it's good to think about for our spouse or our family, what might be a meaningful question that requires us to be a little more vulnerable? Last week, we had more of a fun question along these lines. We're getting a little serious here on the third stop of the seven-week journey. And that question we're going to ask our road trippers here is simply this. Share something very difficult that happened to you in life that made you stronger today. Let's let that linger a second for our audience, those of you who are listening or watching us. Think about this. What would you say? Share something very difficult that happened to you in life that made you stronger today. Let's begin with the Beatties. I was thinking about this and we all have various things that are challenging. So I'm thinking having kids with special needs and kind of realizing that they're going to have to go through life a little bit differently than, you know, being able to just like swim through like other people who don't have to really think about their interactions so much. Or one of our children has a lot of medical issues that have been challenging. Or I'm thinking like just difficult kind of negotiating difficult family relationships. And I guess all of these, as I like have been reflecting on it, all of these sort of coalesced in um i think just an understanding of like the word that's come to me like through all of the challenges and i'm sorry i'm not just going to pick one but they all kind of tied together a little bit like the word poverty like i kept feeling Mm -hmm. like just how poor we are like maybe it came to me like a year ago just like blessed are the poor in spirit and i just kind of that really like for the kingdom of god is theirs so i just thought like the more poor we are, the more the Lord like has worked in all of these circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's like Beautiful. the less self-sufficient we can be, you know, because like most of those circumstances kind of require us to know how do we parent? How do we discipline when our kids are like just really giving us a lot of disrespect? Like you can mm-hmm. feel like we're not doing it right. We we just, we don't even know what to do. We're looking, we're trying to ask people, but we just don't know what we're doing. So there's like this sense of just like a poorness, mm-hmm. but then there's this great, beautiful sense of how, I think the strength here, the huge strength is that every single time the Lord gives it, he either gives it to the kids, he gives it to us, like just what we need. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I don't know, would you bear with me? I have this really great Please quote. Please do. Do you mind if That's I That's beautiful, it? by the way. I'm very moved. Obviously, Please I know share. those stories. I know the people. So the, um, the one that like I, I wrote down in my journal, I was looking through yesterday. It's from the book, He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Sizik, mm-hmm. who was, was in a, like a Russian, he was in Siberia for 15 years in solitary confinement and then hard labor. But he wrote, Humility is learning to accept disappointments and even defeat as God sent. Learning to persevere and carry on with peace of heart and confidence in God. Secure in the knowledge that something worthwhile is being accomplished precisely because God's will is at work in our life 
and we are doing our best to accept and follow it. Wow. So just the strength in that, just like the great peace that, like, you know, he's like he's accomplishing something that we can't see <laughs> and working through it, and we're just just trying to learn how to allow his will to work in all those moments. Powerful, Rachel, Thank you're you, amazing. Rachel. I love you. Can't say I love you, man. I love you, sister. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah, Phil. I love you. Okay. Uh, we hadn't discussed this ahead of time, but uh, it's amazing how uh, closely that matched what I was going to share um, uh, with our, our older twins. Um, they had medical issues when they were first born. So they were in the hospital, one of them for a, a month, they have preemies. And um, if you've you know been with somebody who's in the hospital it, and someone so small too, mm. they were you know under four pounds when they were born. Um, and each day is a roller coaster of you're you're hanging on a thread for some good news from the, mm. the doctors, from the medical staff that you know they're, they're going in the right direction or things are getting better. Um, and it's a, a real emotional roller coaster, mm. up and downs every day. And um, and so it's very difficult. But I guess mm. the uh, the strong through that I built up a, a hope. Where I learned to um, to have this long term vision that. You know, it's going to work out in, in God's will and mm -hmm. um, uh, just to not not be so uh, shaken by the day to day, but to, to hold on to that that hope, that trust uh, and the big picture that um, God is. Uh, he does care for us and love us and he, he knows the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we can have hope in that. So Elmore's a difficult time in your lives um, that made you stronger. Well, as we reflected on them as well, you know, we kind of were going back and forth what they were. And then we hear stories like the Beatties and ours are nothing. Mm. Really? So prayers for your family. But um, for me personally, it was probably about eight years ago. Um, we got married. We opened our office. A lot was going on for us. We lived in a 450 square foot apartment together. Mm. Newlyweds. Um, but I, I'll never forget, I was at the office and something kind of came over me and I really thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. I was going through a panic attack mm -hmm. and I had no idea. And we even debated, like, should we call the ambulance? Like, mm -hmm. so he took me to the hospital and, um, you know, they did EKG and were just checking me out and, and we're pretty knowledgeable. Like we denied some things. We're like, it can't be that. Don't do this, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, I left as just a panic attack. I was like almost so embarrassed, like a panic attack. How would this happen to me? I was like, I gotta write down and think of everything that's on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I took up a whole legal pad paper <laughs> and then some on the back. And then I'll never I'll never forget. I called my dad and I was like telling him about it because they were in Florida at the time and telling it and sharing. And he goes, Rachel just go have a cookie <laughs> <laughs> i love that and i'll never i mean because i'm tough on myself and i have high standards and if anyone knows that this guy does <laughs> and honestly i can still hear my dad tell me that because i'll get through these times you know where it's just very overwhelming because things aren't meeting my my you know top of the list but um but what's crazy is if anyone's gone through a panic attack, after that, you, you'll get one little symptom and you're like, here it comes again. Mm -hmm. And you're just fearful. And what's crazy is I actually, from that hospital visit on, I felt it at church right before I was going to go receive the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Now, wow. what is that? Right. So then that's where I just gave it to God. And I said, okay, if I have one here, what a place to have right. it, right? And so it, it just really showed me to give that legal pad piece of paper to God and to go have a cookie. Yay. So. Beautiful. Great. Thank and you. if you give a Rachel a cookie, oh. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably take dairy free. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Jeff. So one of the things I think in, in looking at um, some challenges, it was around that time. Um, Rachel at that time was working in an office in Michigan a couple of days a week. She's working at our office a couple of days a week. She was cleaning her brother and sister's houses. Um, she was a nanny for three kids. And then she was getting up at 5 a.m. and working at the gym. And I was teaching wow. GED classes at Penta Career Center. 
Um, we were doing this while we were trying to grow our practice. Slackers. And we did this for <laughs> so long. You know, we thought, okay, we got to work hard. We got to work hard. We got to work hard. And we met with a business coach and he said, you went to chiropractic school to be successful chiropractors. You are given certain gifts, certain skills. Are you doing that by doing all of these things? Mm. And, you know, what we thought is being like, okay, we got to hard work. We got to get down. We got to do it. We got to go. He's like, you've, given, you've been given certain gifts and skills to help people. And so once we finally realized, you know, that um, like our, our mission in life is to love and serve God, right? It's to get mm-hmm. to heaven, help others get to heaven, help our wife, our husbands get to heaven, or help our kids get to heaven and get to help other people get to heaven. But we get to do it through chiropractic. So when we started getting rid of all these distractions, uh, we thought, okay, this is work hard. We got to do it. We figured out they were actually just distractions from us taking away from our main mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. And once we gave God that full faith of like, okay, we got to let go of all these things, and we got to trust that you're going to lead us in the right path, then our practice took off. And mm-hmm. um, but we had to let go of all that stuff that was kind of holding us back. Right. So it was it was just like the decision of what what's hard work versus what's a distraction, you know. So good. So good. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I want to say two things, if I may. One, Turning Point Chiropractic. If you are anywhere near the Toledo area, check them out and come experience God's grace through them. There's no other way to say it. Just Turning Point Chiropractic. Yeah. (laughs) Come on in. Come on in. Um, And two, I just want to comment, Rachel Elmore, on something that you had said so certainly perspective is everything. You know, you said after hearing the BDs, it's like, what is all this, yeah. right? So yes, and it, and it can keep going. Like there's always somebody who's dealing with something else, right? And um, But I want to say that the Lord still sees each heart personally and individually and what that struggle is, however big or small in the grand scheme of thing, things, he still desires to love us through it. And it's still a big deal to him. And we are a big deal to him. So I think too often, especially faithful Catholics, for whatever reason, I think they get into the, well, you know, I shouldn't complain or I shouldn't, you know, I know that's not what you're saying. Again, you gave beautiful insights to your situation and circumstances. But any listener out there who might fall into that of, well, I'm just going to suck it up or offer it up. And yes, and yes, but also know that in offering it up or sucking it up, that the Lord still desires to be personally in it with you and it matters to him. So following that awesome sharing. And again, we do encourage those of you who are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live. We're listening to the Family Road Trip podcast, the first third stop of a seven-week journey of talking and praying in our homes in meaningful ways. And we just, and again, did family fun questions, did a daily question, and now just each of our wonderful road trippers shared a little more depth in a, an area of challenge um, that has made them stronger today. And uh, I just want to show now just a funny, loose family fun clip from the Elmores, just maybe a nice little, I don't want to call it commercial, not commercial, levity moment. Levity moment, you got to see this. It's just funny. They sent in this video, and we're going to watch this. With no further ado, the Elmore 3, soon 4. The Elmore 4. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear the joy? <laughs> so, folks, there we go. A little snippet of the Elmore family live and kicking with the Jackson 5 ABC song. Those of you who aren't watching us, and if you want to see it, we want to encourage, entice you to go see That's this right. at I Love My Family. Hey, Seth, what was going on there, by the way? You guys are the Jackson 5 like a family favorite? They love Jackson 5. Yeah, they love it. So good. So good. I think actually Jeff and Rachel just did their little dance number and um, Malachi and Rocky were imitating them. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> That's so good. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. So, um, folks, glad you're with us. What fun, right? I mean, hopefully you're enjoying yourself as we are with these two couples going deeper. And um, now I just want to ask the question, since we are 
about this Live It Gathering Guide on a weekly basis. We like to speak of ritual as something that we all practice, whether you call it that or not, to be excellent at sports or business, academics. We th- Those who do it well structure it. They have an end in mind. And yes, they go off the beaten path at times. They're attuned to the Holy Spirit variations. But really, they structure it for success with that end in mind. And in our homes, Could we not use a little bit of that? Identifying what is our end in mind, it's holiness, is to become saints. It's a whole purpose that God gives us homes. Ecclesia domestica, we're called. Domestic churches. So church evokes ritual. It shouldn't just be empty and going through the motions. It should be vibrant and living and alive. We talked a little bit about that last week. So that's what these guys are doing. They're committing to a kind of ritual where life flows. Think of like the banks of a rapids, right? The banks define it. They bring definition to it that allows those rapids happens to be so formidable. Similarly, the banks are sort of setting up this time, making it happen, calling the family together, and just using this Live It Gathering guide again that you will find at ilovemyfamily.us. So let's just uh, turn to the Elmores first. How did it go for you guys this past week? You know, we had a couple good days. One not as good. (laughs) But we decided to to break it up again into the first reading, second Mm -hmm. reading gospel. each night just so it wasn't one long one long night um so we did again our bed with candles for the first reading um the second night we did um for the second reading um we had dessert which we don't actually really do often so they had a bowl of like cookies and marshmallows and we're just like loving life that's awesome and i actually really like that one because we could strap rock in and yeah. it was just like loving life <laughs> <laughs> and then actually yeah <laughs> loved it and then the third one we actually decided to go out for ice cream and we sat at a picnic table um that one did not go as well because our boys are people watchers Mm, and they are they love to interact with people um but on the flip side it was actually beautiful because we're reading the gospel and other people can hear Right. So but as far as Mm. really delving into it with the family we were pretty distracted that night yeah. You know, and, and we look at it as a distraction, but it also, if we if we do it all this formal time in our room, we don't want them to think that discussions can't be had outside of there. Love right. it. That's so exactly. awesome. In an ice cream shop, even if it's not exactly. really intensive, but to understand that we can mm-hmm. still have those discussions at any time yes. um, is, is kind of building that um building that relationship as opposed to, okay, these yeah. conversations are only for right. this time. This right. time. Normalizing it. Right. Awesome. And not compartmentalizing. Exactly. That's parental wisdom. That's yep. exactly what's supposed to happen is it becomes a culture, a way of life. So you guys are right yeah. on. Thanks. Great. Yeah. BDs, how did it go for you guys? It was better. It was better. <laughs> you guys are so great. We've some good discussions. I think one thing that was helpful maybe was that midweek we did a little check-in on the challenges oh good. that was helpful because we had found the previous couple of weeks everybody sort of forgot what their challenges were by the time we hit the next week so obviously we weren't thinking about trying to work harder on these things that we're committing to work on mm. so we're going to keep doing that maybe even ask a little more frequently i think just make sure we're, we're keeping up on that um I, I felt that like the prayer time was nice at the end Oh, one thing that I thought was really um, successful and lovely was how we saw the presence of Christ in each other. Mm. Um, People had lots of, like, they didn't just pick one thing. They were, I almost wanted to hold them off and say just one thing, but they kept going on and on about every Mm. person. It was, it was one of the questions about the, uh, the readings. How do you see Christ's life in one another? Mm -hmm. um, I forget the exact phrase you made. Lay it, Greg. But uh, yeah, so we went around and, and spoke about each each person and how we saw Christ alive in them. Beautiful. And, uh, so that was yeah, it was good to hear, good to see, and and mm-hmm. actually to pull out the good quantity qualities in each other that uh, we sometimes miss from day to day life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's awesome. And folks, if you're listening or watching, um, this is an aspect that the Beatties are referring to. Um, in the Live It Gathering Guide where we proclaim the first and second reading of the gospel. Typically, if you are just doing this in one setting, which we recommend if you're 
new to this, don't overwhelm yourself. One setting, just pick the gospel if you do these other elements in front. And there's kind of three parts to each reading. So this, the first one is the common, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you, what questions did it raise? That question alone for any given reading could captivate a family of any size for a long time. The second question seeks to reach inside that reading and maybe tap an area of challenge or encouragement that's really practical, something that we can think about that will challenge us to go around and share. And the third one is kind of that opportunity to kind of live this and particularly to affirm them, you know, go around in a circle, each member of the family. We don't always have time because we have a larger family like you guys and we can't pick a person and everybody say something to that person such as, how do I see Christ in that person? And everybody in theory would go around and pick that person then on to the next. We'll typically in our home like say, go to the left. Or once in a while, if it seems people are sitting by each other, we'll say, pick the one, two to your left or whatever. But um, no, think about this, though, folks in your families. If you set up an occasion simply to do that, where every member goes around and shares how they see Christ alive in that person. Number one, it taps that love in our hearts for them to maybe get outside our own lives, which is kind of tough when you're an adult, certainly, but when you're a little kid to begin thinking, well, how do I see Jesus? Let me get out of my own little navel-gazing shell and consider the beauty of this person. But secondly, it validates their own self-identity, right? It validates for them from their, they may hear it from you as parents, but to hear from their siblings, um, how God, how they see, how God is seen in them. And I think to just um, any age, like you said, but certainly our experience has been like with the preteen to teen, Mm. it can be so powerful Mm. because so often they're most in need of that affirmation and also in need of looking outside of themselves to see the Mm. goodness out there. So, um, I know our personal experience has been those that has been super um, important during that time. And again, regardless of the age, you know, just teaching them that language. It's so important. So important. I just wanted to say one thing that I think maybe we're going to do going forward. I didn't check this with you, but when we launched <laughs> right into the gospel reading, um, and then we asked that first question, which is such a good one, what struck you about this reading and like, what what were some of the significant things about it we they're they're like uh so from henceforward i think we're going to read that question first then read the gospel mm-hmm. we just do that. So that they're actually like thinking i'm going to have to answer this question right you yeah. with me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we find we that. Have we, it. we do We have that. it on film. In fact, it's, it's good to cue them actually um, before, the, as you said, in uh-huh. every way. And even if you have a parental insight of what you want to focus on, say, guys, I want to ask this question before we even read this because mm-hmm. it contained here is some wisdom and maybe an answer. So they listen more attively. So you're right on. You're, you're right on yeah. to that parental genius. Rachel, we genius. did that this past mm-hmm. week. We were like, remember, we're going to be asking you some questions. Mm. And it helped so much. In fact, the second reading um, of this week, it was so beautiful. We said, well, what struck you? And Isaac said, well, I want the bread. Oh. And and we're gluten free, so I thought you really wanted bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, what bread are you talking about? He's like, Jesus, oh. I want it. Beautiful. And to add, oh, he's almost six to like already crave the Eucharist. Yes. To me, is just like the depthness of that. I I just can't wait for him. So it was beautiful. So good, Jeff. Uh, I won't show the clip, but. Tell me the clip that you s- talk us through the clip outside by the uh, yeah. little slide. So this was um, before Isaac turned four, um, about a month before his birthday, we were visiting Rachel's brother and they were just playing out and Mac was 18 months old. And he's trying to climb up the slide. And so I got it on video and I'm trying to watch him kind of struggle up the slide. And then Isaac walks up the steps and he kind of goes to spread his arm. And he goes, I'm the Eucharist. <laughs> and then he, I go, what did you say? And he goes, I'm the Eucharist. And then he walked away. Exposition, like, oh, dad. He's playing on the slide. And, you know, but for him not even to be four years old, 
talking that way was was amazing. Beautiful. So for any who may be a little bit confused by this reference, if you're not Catholic or even if you are, the monstrance, literally the root word monstrate, to demonstrate, we believe John 6, Christ is truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity, and that in this gold, beautiful, looks like the sun with rays coming out of it is where we, Jesus is displayed often in this beautiful um, experience, liturgical kind of experience called adoration, and it involves display of this and sometimes um, a blessing from the priest in this monstrance. And so you have a little Isaac there, you know, or it could have been the elevation. Speaking of himself as the Eucharist, which when we receive Jesus, we are altar Christus. We are like Christ. So by virtue right. of baptism. So that's beautiful. All right. So folks, we are going to now just take up for a short time, a theme for this week, uh, have a little conversation about last week. We talked about parenting, didn't we? What did we talk about last week? Praying. <clears throat> last week we yeah. talked about the challenges of leading our families in prayer i encourage you to go back and and listen to that good conversation that we had set up with a fun clip from tim hawkins this week we're going to set up another fun clip from tim hawkins and the conversation is going to be on marital communication here we go <laughs> men and women text differently like when men text something it's just a couple of words da, 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 send that's all i had to say i have nothing left right now. i'm tapped out right now when I get another thought, I will send that out to you. But right now, just a couple of crickets playing racquetball up there. Yeah. <laughs> but women, when women text, what are you doing? Oh, you look like a squirrel holding a nut. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a carriage return on your phone. <laughs> this is my text to her right here. Hello, my darling. How you doing today? Send. And that's when the floodgates open. <laughs> now I'm going to read you her response. Good, I'm just so tired. Went to chiropractor. I'm super tight through shoulders and mid-back, so he loosened that up. He said, it sounds like my brain isn't shutting off for some reason. I asked him if it would be from playing electronic games before bed. He said, probably so. He said, try that. Have a sip of wine before bed. If I don't sleep good the next week, come back and try acupuncture. Smiley face. I'm feeling very draggy, but still as Jack and Stacey, so it could be in the air. Have it. Jackson played Xbox before bed, so he could have the same issues. <laughs> so I text back, Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Actually, it was just, okay, that's all. So there you go, Tim Hawkins, bringing a little bit of a humor, exaggerated humor, I'm sure. He's a really godly guy, and if comedians have to stretch things a little bit. But um, we were talking about marital communications. First of all, are there differences in the way men and women are wired? Yes. 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 What have you learned in your years of marriage, fellow panel? Family Road Trip Podcast, now marital experts. Pass it on to our wonderful listeners. Who wants to go first? So, okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so one thing that Rachel and I encourage a lot of people to do before they get married is to go to Duluth, Minnesota, on the beautiful <laughs> hills on Lake Superior, and get a uh, tandem bike and ride <laughs> that around the hills. <laughs> if you want to learn a little bit about communication and marriage, Get on that tandem bike. Because Rachel, as you can't tell about her height difference, because she's sitting on an old worship book right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I am, I, we call me a deed to deer. I just like to take my time and putz along and go real slow. And I'm just carefree. And she's a point A to point B person. So when she's on that front of that tandem bike and she's in all control of it, and I'm thinking, well, there's two people coming up here. I'm thinking, oh, we'll just take our time. We'll wait for them. We'll go around them. No, I'm squeezed through that tight space. As much as I can. And I'm holding one of the candles because I can see it all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no power, no control. Versus me behind him, I can't see. And he is a D to deer. Even when he drives, he's like, oh, look, deer. And he starts like steering that way. <laughs> That's how he was on the bike. So I'm like, Trying to communicate to him, like, this is scary for me. He's swerving at me. <laughs> it was a big uh, turning point in our relationship uh, when we were just dating, actually, yeah. uh, for communication, because we found out we communicate way different at that point. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
So non-judgmentalness, <laughs> a, a lot of lessons, even just in that, that you're you're recognizing that you have a blessed, unique perspective and how you communicate. And it need not be the way, so just start there, right? That um, other people have different styles and manners. And not simply should we be attuned to how they're wired to do that, but maybe it might stretch us to communicate better and maybe even acquire some of those qualities. What's intriguing though is it's a little bit contra stereotype. Usually the guys like the I want to get there, <laughs> A to Z, boom. And uh and the and the woman is a little bit, let's enjoy it, D to D or that's Steph and I, I think were like that, maybe. And then I've softened up a little bit. I enjoy a little more. And I've journey. become more like this. Let's get there. <laughs> BDs, your thoughts. Well, I I think that we're a little bit more like the Elmores in some way. We went out on Friday for our anniversary. And well, we're both we're both open to not having an exact plan, but Philip I think is much more open to like, let's try this out. Let's see where this goes or stopping on the way whenever we go on trips. And um, we decided we wanted to have Indian food and we wanted to go for a run. So where the Indian food location was, was like kind of the hood, right? It was, it was <laughs> The hood of Dublin? Well, <laughs> okay, a little bit, but it was Columbus proper, that area, right? So, um, anyway, so he's like, well, we'll order the food and then we'll just run from the restaurant. So, like, there was no scenery. The sidewalks were, like, ending. We're turning into these neighborhoods and everyone's looking at us like, here's the difference from Dublin. There was nobody else running and everyone was looking at us like, why are you running? Like, <laughs> nobody goes to run from. Yeah. Right. Like, anyway, so just trying to scout our way. And Philip's like, eh, no problem. Let's, let's go here. Let's go there. And it was almost like emotionally tiring because hmm. we didn't know where we were going. We're running on grass because there's no sidewalk anymore. Then we're running on the sidewalk. He's checking his map on the phone just to try to get us back to the restaurant. And we made it. And then we brought our food to a beautiful park and we ate and then we discussed your questions about marital communication. So that was kind of helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What prominent... Like, yep, go ahead. Like the comedian said, it, it's good to ask questions. Because in my mind, to go for a run means you run for 20 minutes, maybe, you know, three miles. But in Rachel's mind, a run is six miles, you know, 45 Pregnant. Eight months. <laughs> I'm not kidding, by the way. She ran a half a marathon eight months pregnant or something. <laughs> like the last one in, but okay. <laughs> I want to I comment on, on Jeff's you know, uh, advice about the tandem because it was after we were married and we went and um, visited San Francisco. And I like the bicycle. And um, Rachel, like I said, she's a runner. So it was it's always been fun to have her in the back of the tandem because <laughs> runners don't coast, you know, they, you can't coast from running. <laughs> you fall on your face, but she was such a powerhouse in the back of the tandem. That's when you put your feet up, Phil, and just go for the ride. You steer and let her drive. <laughs> Unfortunately, as, like too many marriages, group, but go ahead. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco was very hilly. <laughs> yes. And it was, to me, it was a blast because I could steer and, you know, around the, around the streetcars and, we actually went down Lombardi Street, the zigzagging street. Wow. And, uh, so it was a lot of fun. But then afterwards, Rachel expressed her, her I guess, her fright being in the back and coming over a crest of a oh, hill and not being able to see what's behind yes. you know, what's at the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. You learn a lot about each other. <laughs> there is so uh, just a punctuated point here of how activity together prompts good um, mm -hmm. empathy and understanding and interaction and it's it's a little sad we all know couples that are in crisis right now and merit our support and our prayers and if that's any of you who are listening out there we can't judge or even begin to understand your unique circumstances but we do know that grace is more than enough that the grace of your sacrament god is in it and there are innumerable stories of those wherever any of you are at right now out there in a challenging situation and the enemy wants you to focus on specifics he wants you to feel rejected and wounded and dishonored and all of those realm of things but truly at the heart of all of that at the heart of everything is a, a yearning for Christ, a yearning for intimacy. And uh, you can turn that corner. I just want to punctuate that. Um, Stephanie and I, I'm absolutely blessed by 
I think the absolutely most amazing, beautiful woman in the world and spouse. And we've had challenges, I would say, on all the fundamentals we agree, 100% across the board. Little minor things um, that can stand in the way sometimes, the ways we approach things, um, we've had to navigate through. And uh, I'd say we've had to learn, me, more than her, to um, to really acknowledge, regardless of what was said or even what was intended, to know that it hurt somebody and to know that it merited saying, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. And I want to understand where you're coming from. Doesn't mean that you necessarily even agree, but I want to understand and know a pledge. I'm with you. You know, I, w- I want to grow in a, in a better way. I want to be a better husband, even just to state those things. While we were talking, we came up with three T's for us that were, that we thought would help us in the future. So we realized that timing, touch, mm-hmm. and tone so are all good. Amazing. an issue. So like timing was basically when we lay down to bed, we were both realizing that more often than not, that's when we're laying there and, and he's ready to go to sleep. And I'm like, Philip, did you know that they have baseball practice tomorrow and ballet practice? And we don't even know how we're going to do it. And this kid got in trouble with the teacher. And what are we going to do? We have to <laughs> fix this. And um, he's like, either either that like shot him wide awake and he couldn't sleep for hours because he's trying to like stew on these problems suddenly or like it's just the absolute wrong time to solve things so time it so trying to like because if i'm about ready to fall asleep the next day i might even forget the whole conversation right, so right. for me yeah wait your conversation should wait till i'm fully awake yes <laughs> so um, important and then the other two like for me touch like when he comes home and we take a minute and just give a nice hug. I just feel so like mm. warmed up and like we're tuned into each other a little bit. Just that like looking each other in the eyes. I, I just, if the days that we don't do that, I think that we just don't communicate nearly as well. Um, and then the final thing for me, big deal. And I don't know for women, if this is the same as you, um, being very sensitive tone is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. So like if something mm-hmm. is said, in a way that I perceive to be <laughs> harsh, unloving, judgmental. It like puts me on the defense and shuts me down mm-hmm. right away. So we've talked mm-hmm. about like how when we communicate, like, you know, do it in a way that we are respecting and open to hearing actually what the other person has to say in a loving way. Those are awesome. Wisdom. I want the, the Elmores, if you have thoughts on that also, but before navigating from what you said in tone, Beatties, I recall a good friend of mine from, uh, at at Steubenville when I was in grad school and working, um, he inherited this from NET, National Evangelization Teams, and their training, which is amazing. God bless Mark Bircham and anybody who's ever been on NET or been touched by NET. But anyways, he'd say, Greg, sarcasm, it means to cut flesh. And that has stuck with me. Uh-huh. So sarcasm um, to you Sarc- folks, whether marriage or family, relationships, sarcasm, try to Try to uh, prune it from the field of our souls because it generally doesn't do any good. So, unless you're speaking politics, then perfect authority, <laughs> candidates. To follow up with what the BD said, timing is something so important for us. I am not a morning person, I'm a night owl. Rachel does more in the morning, first hour before all of us are up than most people do today. So, when I come downstairs and I'm just opening my eyes, she's like, hey, I just thought this up, this up, this up, this up. <laughs> And, and I just give her a blank stare, like, yeah, it's not registering. But at, <laughs> at night when she's about to fall asleep on the couch and I'm like, hey, check this out. Did you wait to get this? So we found the perfect timing for us is just, you know, lunchtime, middle of the day. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's just, if we want to have a meaningful conversation, we're going to both be attentive at that point. So timing is a huge thing for us. You know? And we also found, I think, at the beginning of our marriage, like, I'm a list maker and, like, you know, I want to be like, well, you make the list sometimes. <laughs> like, but then now we actually honor each other's strengths mm-hmm. instead of changing them. Mm-hmm. And when you honor them, they actually balance you out. And mm-hmm. it's the perfect mix that God gave you, you know, so right. we foster each other's strengths and we foster each other's love language. Mm-hmm. So I give him the love that he wants, not the love I want to give him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's me being quiet and just sitting next to him. He wants just quality time, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes it's just like knowing what love they want. And, and that spills over to communication, not just love. Well, how do I best respond to communication? How does she respond best? And then trying to give the person what they need, not what I think is best. You know? mm-hmm. You guys are amazing. I am so grateful. I did not expect to get that great practical wisdom again on marriage communication. 
And, Ask uh, and you shall receive. So blessed all of you are along the road trip with us, the Family Road Trip Podcast, the third stop of a seven-week journey. So glad that you're along the ride with us, bringing everything we've got, our strengths, our weaknesses, our challenges, our concerns, and laying them down before the feet our Savior Jesus, who's inviting us into such a depth of love and meaning and purpose, and he provides for it in our marriages and families. He provides for it. Every poverty that we have, he provides for. If we just open that door and receive it in this beautiful context, he gives us of our relationships. So that's the journey. That's what the road trip is all about. We encourage you to join us at ilovemyfamily.us. Get on board. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. God bless you all.